So not knowing the guy that I spoke to on this podcast today, I had the total wrong impression of him. His name is Zach Hillard. He's from Flint, obviously. He always had a giant presence at shows, especially tyrant shows. He was almost like their mascot, but just a down-ass motherfucker to get crazy at hardcore shows. I didn't know him as a person. Um, we had friends of friends, and we had lots of mutual friends. Bumped into each other a million times at shows. Um, but then, a while after, uh, I guess he had moved away. I didn't know. But um, we kind of reconnected online because I started the podcast. Like I said, we never even really fucking talked to each other, but, you know, I'm mutual friends. And I wanted to talk to him, mainly, you know, because he's from Flint. Fucking Flint people are tough as shit. And his, you know, growing up years and coming into hardcore and being straight edge and dealing with being fucking straight edge and uh, trying to make a space for him and his friends at hardcore shows where, you know, sometimes they weren't welcome and you had to fight you know, for what you believe in, and the right to be at shows, apparently. I never had to deal with that, but, um, you know, I guess it was pretty real before my time. <laughs> we all live in a fucking fantasy now. Anyway, um, Zach Hillard, uh, fucking ex-Courage Crew, ex-FTC, Flinttown Crazies, oh shit. But that's, uh, fuck, one of the nicest dudes it's like somebody that you would see walking by and literally fucking cross the road. <laughs> Nicest dude ever. Um, I'm glad we got to talk. And, you know, we were pretty honest with each other about a lot of things and um, growing as humans and being fathers and hardworking to support our families and... Uh, you know, just doing what it takes to fucking make your life better all around. And to be honest about that, this is a pretty big thing. And I appreciate the conversation. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Uh, once again, tell your friends, share it, go on fucking Instagram, do whatever you got to do. Worldwide takeover, motherfucker. I just hit record. Here we got fucking Mr. Flint Face himself. What's up, Zach? How you doing, man? What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. I haven't seen you in a while. How's uh Salt Lake City treating you? Salt Lake City's good, man. It's been good to me. I've been out here eleven years now. Eleven? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know. I just I was like, shit, man, he's gone. I didn't see you around, and then I was like, oh shit, he's way the fuck out there. Yeah, dude, I'm like the hardcore boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I would show up and disappear. Yeah, does everybody, uh, obviously they see your face and they say Flint, Michigan. Does that just register with them right away or what? Yeah, usually. It's usually the way it goes, man. Uh, yeah. Out here, well, the funny thing is out here, they don't. They don't know. And to actually meet somebody from Flint is actually pretty crazy for them. They're just like, oh, my God, you're from Flint? Like, yeah. 
Damn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But what's going on? What's good? Not a whole lot. Just, uh, I mean, you know, like once I started this thing, like me and you sort of started talking about it, and you, and I assumed you'd be a good guest to come on. You fucking agreed to come on just because you've been around like uh, quite a while, man. Like, what year did you um start like going to shows? Because you're from Flint. Like, was there always a scene there, or did you always have to go to uh, Detroit for shit like that? Well. I started going to shows in about 93. Um, and that was just local stuff. Uh, at the, There was a place in Flint called the 432. And uh, they used to have like just local shows, punk shows. Uh, saw the Suicide Machines there. Hell saw yeah. Tons of people there. Um, I used to go to the Capitol. The Capitol used to have a lot of a lot of good shows only got to see a few shows there, but, uh, used to hang out outside a lot. There was a lot of craziness outside that place, but, uh, yeah, pretty much hardcore wise, like the first hardcore band I really started seeing and hanging around with was, uh, there was a band in Flint called spit and, uh, spit was like, spit was the hardcore band in Flint. They were the straight edge kids in Flint. Like they were the first kids I knew that were straight edge. And uh, I don't know. They were like the cool kids down there. They knew everybody. How old were you? I was first time I saw spit. I was 15, 16 around there. That's what's up. And then uh, I didn't even know what straight edge was before that. Uh, we used to just go downtown and get fucked up. <laughs> Cause uh, <laughs> like downtown Flint, is there's no rules. So we used to go down to this place that was down by Dayton Avenue. It was this little uh, liquor store that would just sell to us when we were like 12, 13 years old. You just go in there and get a 40 and we'd go down outside the local and just get all fucked up. And uh, like we, uh, yeah, man, I just started kicking it around there and like trying to hang out with some of those dudes and yeah. I'd just be like, yo, you guys want to go get fucked up or something like that? And they'd be like, no, we don't do that. And, uh, yeah, that was my first introduction to straight edge. So, so, so were you like growing up, like in like the middle of Flint, like in like the hood or, uh, well, uh, I grew up right next to Bishop airport. Okay. So I grew up in the shitty ass trailer park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was close enough that, uh, windows right would rattle there. off and planes would land. So, Yeah. I, yeah, uh, easy access I, to the crazy shit, right? Yeah, well, no, it's right, it's right there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I spent every bit of time I could uh, downtown. Uh, we were always downtown because it was just, it was like a, it was like fucking hell's playground. It was just, you could do anything down there. <laughs> There's no cops, nobody cared. Like it, it was just crazy all the time. It was just Flint's a wild place. Yeah, and then and I uh, hear the uh, I hear stories, man. Go ahead, get into it. <laughs> well, well, no, but uh, when I was fourteen, I ended up moving to Grand Blank, and I ended up going to Grand Blank High School out there, which was a little bit better neighborhood, a lot better high school. Uh, but yeah, I was just a poor kid from from a trailer park. I ended up getting to go to Grand Blank because my dad was a manager of the park, so. I got to go to a better school, but man, I was a shithead there. And I spent all my time like skateboarding and 
just trying to get downtown. We just get downtown as much as possible and hang out. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, man, there's a lot of violence out there in Flint, man. Like, uh, like you said, even now today, like it doesn't seem like it's uh, really recovered from you before the auto industry got fucking ripped out of there. No, not at all. I mean, you guys kind of covered it with, uh, with Joe Hardcore. I mean, Joe said it probably the best. You know, he was, he was talking about growing up and just kind of being taught to handle things with your hands. And like my dad, you know what I mean? Like my dad didn't teach me anything worth a shit. Like my parents weren't really, my parents weren't really into it. Like they weren't into me. So the only thing I ever saw my dad do was fight. And growing up, you know, we just grew up around violence. Everybody was violent. I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't weird to be sitting around and see somebody's mom get beat up or, you know, it wasn't weird to see people get shot at. And it, it wasn't, you know, it, I mean, we called it, you know, trailer park mascara because people just walk around with black eyes all the time. Like it, it was just, it was just that way. So, you know, like, like I said, you know, Joe, Joe covered it pretty well when, when you kind of grow up around that, it's just, it's all, you know, I didn't learn any positive ways to handle anything. So it was always fighting. Like everything was fighting all the time. Like I can remember getting in fights in, you know, second or third grade, I got kicked out of Cub Scouts because of fucking fighting. Like, you know, anything, anything you can think of, it was just, it all, it always led to a fight. I mean, it was just that way. I've seen you fight a couple times, maybe here and there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Never. Wasn't me. No, no, shit, man. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first couple times I ever seen you. I just remember seeing the fucking back of your head, man. The skull on the back of your head. Yeah. And like, just see if it's stomping around. Maybe it was like Alvin's or something. You know, um, just like seeing you, and you know, when. I, so say back in like oh three, how old were you then? Oh three, I was twenty. Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, yeah. twenty three. Because I was like, I was like sixteen or seventeen, and like so, so that's a big age difference, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the people you were hanging out with, like in Flint, were they like, like big older crazy dudes, and you were like the young one? Because I remember seeing you, and like no. all these people were fucking giants around me, you know? Yeah, and I was just like a young kid, and like seeing you and everybody else. It was like, yeah. uh, you know, sort of like the influence around there, you know? So, well, you know, it, I, I don't know it. No, because the kids in Flint that I hung around with, like I didn't hang around with, I mean, other than the spit, like when I met up with those kids when I was like 16 and then with straight edge when I was 17, like those kids were a big influence in my life. And, and I started hanging around those guys. But before that, man, we were just, we were just street kids. We just hung out with, with our peers we just hung out with like young low pieces of shit like just us it was just me and uh i had a friend named brian and we just got into all kinds of shit all the time trying to take the bus everywhere just try just getting in trouble all the time just doing what we did and just running around and uh but there, no there wasn't there wasn't really like an older group of kids to show us what to do when i was younger younger uh like over in Flint Township, you know, there was some older kids there, but I mean, those older kids were 16, 17 years old and, you know, they were all teaching us how to steal. And, and like, I used to, I used to move crack for a guy, like, 
because I didn't know what I was doing, man. I was 10 years old. Like he would just be like, Hey, take this over to this guy's house and I'll give you 20 bucks. And like, that was how we grew up. So, you know, and, and you know, that dude's dead. So most of those people are dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so it, it was like kind of with the hardcore thing, you know, I started, you know, so it was like 90, 95, 96, uh, you know, I started hanging out with all those spit guys and stuff and they started taking me to Detroit shows. I'd been to a couple of Detroit shows. Um, I went and saw, you know, I saw Pennywise at St. Andrews Hall in 1993. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw Bad Religion at the Fillmore. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was pretty much, I was kind of like a punk kid a little bit. Like I wouldn't say I was like a crust punk kid, but like I was way into hip hop, but I liked like that fast California, like punk rock, that stuff. Anything that was in skate videos was like my shit. Uh, so, you know, we'd go down for shows like that, but, you know, Spit and like Dan Coburn and those guys like actually got me into like real hardcore. Like we started, you know, they started taking me to shows at Pharaoh's which I haven't heard anybody talk about Pharaoh's on here, which is kind of crazy because Pharaoh's was, that was our fucking spot. Pharaoh's had a lot of crazy shows and dude, there was no security. Where was Pharaoh's at? Like I've never been there. Those, Man, before now, me. See, this is where, this is where we're going to have the problem. Cause I'm not from fucking Detroit. So we just get on 75 until, you know, the lights would stop. <laughs> right. And then, and then you get off somewhere. I think it was down river somewhere. Okay. To be honest with you, I, yeah. it was way the fuck out. And like I said, like, I, dude, I don't, I don't, I never met the guy that actually owned that place or ran that place. There was no fucking security. So we were, you know, we were doing our own thing. And, you know, I saw, you know, I saw a lot of bands there. It was, it wasn't, see, there's, there's, it, it, I don't know. This is, it's kind of weird to get into because with you being a younger age, I know you look up to a lot of older guys, but like when we were coming up, like I was not a fan of like CTYC guys. I was not a fan of, I wasn't a fan of the older dudes. Like I didn't like negative approach because I didn't like fucking, I didn't like punks. Uh, like they were, you know, they were not nice to us. Uh, Dude, the nicest guy in the world was Jeff G. Like, Jeff G was the shit. Like, that dude was has always been the coolest fucking dude. But, like, like Johnny. I mean, Dougie was cool, too. Like, Dougie was always around. Dougie was the first guy I ever saw with a fucking face tattoo. I still don't understand it. It was like a fucking fish on his face. <laughs> I, I don't. But, like, Pharaoh's was our spot. So, you didn't see people like Daryl or fucking Tom or Bird or any of them fucking guys. Like, you didn't see any of them older dudes at that show that was like i mean it was all ages spot but dude it was that was like where earth mover played like some of the craziest fucking shows that was where we just went the fuck off that was where you know dave and i i would say really kind of sharpened our tools on like what we were doing you know like dancing wise and i mean the pits there were insane they were really tight we were knocking each other's heads off it was a good time. Like that was back when Candace was cool. <laughs> like it was dude. And there was a lot of shows there that were a lot of fun, but like you get out to like St. Andrew's hall and we get out to, 
you know, a couple other big, like, especially the shelter. I mean, I saw cold as life. I can't tell you how many times in the shelter and like, that would be, you know, those would be like major league shows. So you'd have, you'd have dudes out there getting stabbed and guys getting hit with bottles. I got a nice fucking scar on my forehead from certain human being that hit me with a bottle, but uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it, it was the Pharaohs was Pharaohs was badass, man. Like, Spit played there a couple of times, and like, like I said, like Dan and those guys, like, kind of took me under their wing and took me out there and kind of showed me the ropes, and we we just ran with it, man. There was, dude, there was some there was some crazy bands back then. I mean, everybody likes to talk about Tyrant, but like, there was a band called Trifon that was insane. Trifon, and that was Dave's that was Dave's first band. Like, there was three singers. Those guys never got through a set. If they had six songs, we never heard them all. Like there'd be, you know what I mean? Like they get through like three songs. Shit uh, just goes off. Oh, dude, it was, it was fucking nuts because two of the guys on stage that were playing with them were the bassist and the guitarist from a band called Tank. I remember hearing about Tank. Well, dude, I don't know if you ever met Big Chris or not, but there's a reason why he's called fucking Big Chris. The guy was a monster. So there's three sta- three singers on stage. Fucking Big Chris. Uh, Matt Hayes was playing in that band when he was like 12. He played fucking guitar. So it was, and Dougie was playing drums. And dude, Trifon was insane. And like hearing those guys, it, it was, it was badass. Like it was just, it was so much fun. Cause that was our shit. Uh, it, it, it's weird because like it's kind of made like Cold as Life has kind of made a comeback which is cool or whatever you know what I mean I don't really know I don't really know this I don't know the dude that's singing now I, I you know what I mean like the new this new this oh, new what's Cold happening like right now yeah no yeah. Uh, nobody's singing for them they're not even uh, there's really no as far as I know, uh, they haven't set any like set plans of a, a stage. Um, they've just been fucking around at Roy's house, and I th- I, yeah, I no, I know Jeff G and those guys are trying to come back, and that's yeah. cool. But like, yeah. the, like this last rendition of them, like I don't, I don't know those dudes, and I wasn't, I don't like so that I, I didn't like that version. That you know what I mean? Like that guy, that guy's not my thing. I, he was. I mean, he's a fucking asshole. I mean, straight up. I yeah, mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know I've heard things. Anything. I don't know. Just the rumors. I don't know facts or you know shit. Like, so I don't know. He tried to, you know, he tried to over some bullshit, trying to get him to fucking, you know what I mean? Like Tyrant, Tyrant was trying to do a song. Was trying to do. A, he tried to fucking about that shit and trying to say he had to pay royalties or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck for? Like trying to pay homage to you guys, like yeah, and, and I- like for you to to high fives are just as good yeah yeah and trying to take something from fucking ron and jeff like get the fuck out of here man like uh, whatever that dude was around for a little bit and then you didn't see him so and and now like i said i don't know i don't know this dude now but but like what i was trying to say is like you know you guys kind of look up to to like cold as life and like everybody out here loves negative approach and that like that wasn't our shit our shit was earth mover you know what I mean? Like when Earth Mover played, we would clean the floor out. Like yeah. I always knew and, there was like a separation between like uh in the hardcore scene. It was always uh you pretty much divided like the straight edge 
versus like others, you know, like I don't know who maybe was it just like the uh well like, like the CTYC guys. I've always heard like stories of like St. Andrews Hall. It was always like fucking straight edge dudes on one side and all the other dudes like the punks on the other side. Well, was you know, that like a little bit before you or was that no, no, no. it there wasn't a lot of us, man. There wasn't it, it, it didn't divide up between straight edge kids. It was just it was just our age, you know what I mean? Because to be honest with you, like I hung out with Lenny a lot at shows, and like Lenny was far beyond straight edge, and uh, <laughs> and like Dave and I hung out with a lot of dudes, you know. And and like I'm not gonna speak, I'm not gonna speak for Dave a lot, just because you know Dave's Dave's his own man. Dave gets to Dave gets to say his thing. I love that man more than anybody, but. Uh, you know, we, we had a certain group of people that we hung around with and, and it was, it was, you know, 17 to 18 year old, just fucking psychos. Like, and that's, and that was our thing. Like I, it was kind of funny because I remember, you know, Jeff G brought up a show about, you know, security hiding in the office. And I remember that show, that show was, uh, that show was like a, a, a like a milestone for me, at least. Uh, we were we were going to a lot of shows, but like the bigger shows like that at St. Andrews Hall and stuff would would be like you said they'd be divided. So like that that night, uh, Agnostic Front was playing with Cold as Life and Earth Crisis. So That's a hell of a it show. was yeah. well, it, I mean, yeah, it was a hell of a show, but like it was a fucking nerve wracking show because we knew what was coming out because we knew that everybody that was older than us was going to be there. So, you know, I remember Dave pulling me aside and this kid, Scotty now, or as we used to call him Scotty backflip back in the day, uh, pulled us aside and was like, Hey man, I'm not fucking, I'm not backing down from these guys tonight. You know, and Dave was just like, I'm not, I'm not backing down. So I'm going to fucking do what I do tonight. So if you guys aren't into it, like bounce, because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And I was like, fuck that. Then let's get it. And so I remember cold as life open. And I remember, you know, I remember certain people dancing around with bottles in their hands and just kind of like warning us. That like, if you guys get crazy, like this is what's going to happen. And then, you know, Earth Crisis went on. And I remember some of uh, some of the older CTYC guys standing behind me, calling me uh, certain things, calling me, you know, piece of shit, straight edge kid and this and that. And we're going to fuck you up and all this stuff. And when Earth Crisis went on, man, we just did what we did, you know, and just danced how we dance and it gets wild and all hell broke loose. I mean, it was just that way. And it was, uh, that was a turning point, man. We, uh, you know, it was, it was wild. Like we had to, things are a lot different. You know, I, I know a lot of people like to talk about like now and then and like shows aren't what they used to be, man. They, they'll never be because they can't because you guys can get online and fucking figure out how to dress and how to act and 
like what shows you should be going to and what bands you want to listen to and when are the breakdowns coming and when is this and what is that and like what dance moves to do and people are fucking cartwheeling and whatever. You know what I mean? It's all choreographed craziness. And that's fine. Like it's a watered down version of what it was. Dude, when we started, when we started dancing the way that we were dancing, people were still trying to fucking circle pit. So like you would punch, dude, there was a guy named BJ that used to go to shows that was a legit fucking soccer hooligan. This guy was a, he, he'd been kicked out of the world cup. This guy was a fucking, yeah, dude, he was a nutcase. And these were the kind of guys that Dave and I were punching in the face. Like these were the kind of guys that we were dancing with. And like, we had to hold our own, you know, and that was about 90. I think that show was 96, 97. Fuck man. But it was, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was just different. It was, it, so, you know, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what people's opinions are of me. I don't know what people think of me or what I did, but, you know, I had a fucking chip on my shoulder. It, you know what I mean? And, and we, we always kind of had a chip on our shoulder because we kind of had to earn it. You know, it was like, you know, John was kind of talking about on here when he was talking about, when he went to Iowa, well, when he was in Iowa, you know, that's when Dave and I were, you know, fucking getting in fights constantly and like trying to fight for the, just for us to be at shows, you know, it, the Hayes name got big. I mean, it got, it got to the point where, you know, it is where it is now, but dude, when we first started, like here's, I mean, this is, this is like, I mean, this is like the story that everybody has, but like I met Dave at Mount Holly in 95. He was snowboarding without a shirt on. And I yelled something down at him from the chair. And he told me, fuck you fat boy. And I didn't think nothing of it. (laughs) I've never heard that. (laughs) Two hours later, walking out in the dark to go to my car. And he fucking walked up behind me with some homeboy and he fucking smoked me in the face. I fucking punched him back. He was wearing sunglasses. Holy 11 shit. o'clock at night. That's how we met. A year later, we're at a Flint local show. Earth Mover was supposed to play. We're sitting upstairs, fucking drawing X's on our hands like dorky straight edge kids do. And uh, we were just talking. And uh, we got to talking and, and somehow snowboarding came up and I was like, yeah, man, I've been looking for this little motherfucker that hit me for like a fucking year. And he was like, yo, that was me. And I was like, holy shit. And we've been friends ever since. Like, <laughs> so that's crazy. That's fucking I mean, crazy. I mean, that's how we, I mean, that's how we got down and we've been friends for over 20 years now. Yeah. Um- I want to go back to what you said, though, about, you know, how uh, you don't know what people think of you or their impression or opinion of you and how you have a chip on your shoulder. Like, I could tell that was obvious. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what show was the first one, probably a tyrant show or something at Alvin's. Um, 
But I, like I said in the beginning, I just remember seeing you. How tall are you? Like six four, six five, maybe? Everybody thinks I'm six four or six five. I'm six one, man. Are <laughs> you? You're just fucking huge. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I just but, take uh, up a lot of room, man. I'm a big boy. Yeah, but I just remember just seeing you, and it was obvious. Like it was like I didn't want to make eye contact with you. To be honest, I was like, like that guy fucking just. Like just your presence alone, like you said, like you had a chip on your shoulder and you had to fight for your right to be there for the longest time. So like it makes sense to why you were the way you were. You're like basically I fucking run this shit, but not you know, not like that, but just I'm here and I'm gonna make some noise. You know what I'm saying? I tr- look, I treat every day like I'm the weakest human being alive. So I've never walked into a room. I've never walked into any situation in my life where I thought that I was the fucking toughest human being ever. Cause that shit will just get you killed. That that's, that's, that's a fucking target on your back. You know, the neighborhoods I grew up in and like the neighborhoods I lived in and like my teens and my, you know, in my twenties and stuff like that. Like you walk around acting like you're the toughest guy, man, you'll get smoked by some 12 year old. It'll just fucking shoot you. So that, that was never, that was never the thing. But the thing was, is like, you know, I, you know, I, I always wanted to be the guy. So if there was a problem, like I was the guy and, you know, uh, no matter what it was, like if Dave had a problem or fucking Matt had a problem, anybody, if anybody, any of my homeboys had a problem, man, I wanted to be the guy. And sometimes that got me in a lot of shit. And I mean, I had a lot of beef with a lot of people, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of anything I've done. I'm not, I don't look back at it as like a bad time. I just, I live my truth. You know what I mean? I, I get up and live my truth every day and every, that was my truth then. Like I believed in it and I, and I died for it. I mean, those were, those were, these lyrics that everybody has on, on t-shirts and shit come from fucking somewhere. You know what I mean? Like Lenny would sing about killing fucking rapists. Like if we knew where rapists were, we probably would have fucking killed them. Like we were, we didn't put up with anything, man, especially in our like late teens and twenties. Like we weren't putting up with shit, like anybody getting sideways with anything. And it just kind of, it just carried over, you know, it, uh, you know, later, later down the road, I guess, you know, it was, it was, wasn't really worth a shit. It didn't really matter because then I kind of, instead of beating up bullies, I kind of became a bully in, in a way. I didn't mean to, but the thing was, is like, also, I mean, you get to wear that Detroit hat now and people get to say, man, that place is fucking crazy because of the shit we did. It's not because of now, you know what I mean? Like crazy shit's not happening fucking now. Dude, the craziest fucking shit that's happening in Michigan is King. I mean, King's nuts. And King does all kinds of wild shit. But, like, it's not the same shit. Like, right. it's different shit. <laughs> but, that shit but, is crazy, though. I mean, their shows are fucking wild. Yeah, and those were all kids that were, like, I lived in neighborhoods with. Like, those are all my homeboys. Like, so. Yeah, yeah. well. On some of their videos, just show like a well, they can tell like a true like Flint story just by like the way they portray it, like in some of the videos. But uh, you know, anyway, back to that. Um, what are we talking about? About you and how people, um, you see you like your impression. 
yeah, like you said, uh, there's never that. I seen you like fighting anybody for no reason. You were just a wild man, like you know, whenever a band was playing. I never seen like really like you like bully or anything. It was just fucking. Uh, you were just turned up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it, dude, it was man, it was my release. You know, I I've been you know I've been straight edge for twenty six years now, and and like I didn't have drugs and alcohol to 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 vent on and like. I just, I just went the fuck off. I mean, and, and Tyrant was our band. Like we, me and a close group of friends decided that we were going to take everything literal. So when somebody said, fuck this place up or somebody said, I want to see blood or somebody said, you know, something fucking crazy. We did it. Uh, the first show at Alvin's that tyrant played you know certain somebody was on stage with a fucking holster getting wild and that was the last time ramona ever had chairs in that place you know and tables because everything got fucking smashed it was it was insane like you know the call came out and said fuck this place up and we did it and that's what we did at every show and you know it was kind of funny to hear John on here talking about how we might have held Tyrant back a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, I love John. <laughs> I've known John a long time, you know, riding up on his purple shadow, trying to save the world and then be a fucking, you know, <laughs> fake doctor during the day, but then be Captain Hardcore at night. was fucking crazy. Jesus Christ. Like, he's, <laughs> I love that dude to death. Like, he's a nice guy. He's great. Oh, he's the greatest dude. And like Detroit hardcore doesn't exist without him right now. I mean, the guy's in every fucking band, but dude, does a lot. we knew that tyrant wasn't going anywhere. We were trying. And I, it's not like I'm part of the band. I'm just saying that like, we were trying to make tyrant the scariest fucking thing that existed. We were trying to make it the new fury of five. Like we wanted shit to be legit. Like the Fury of Five guys are infamous. Like those guys would beat up fucking venue owners. Those guys would, like, we were trying to make it a no nonsense. We were trying to make those shows the craziest fucking shows they could be. And I got, you know, I got yelled at a lot for that. Like, you know, and, and John, dude, and I'll be honest with you, it's not like John was not saying saying shit to us. John would fucking complain about it constantly. And, but Dave was like, fuck that. Like, this is fun. Like, this is the shit we do. And like, and I mean, you'll even see it. Like, you can go back and look at some of the shows. Like, we would, we would fucking take nights off and just be like, no, man, we're not going to do it. We're not doing it tonight. And kids wouldn't be doing fucking anything stupid. And no, no trash cans are flying. Nothing's fucking getting wild. And then Dave would call me out. Like, and then it'd just be like, well, fuck it. Like, he said it, then let's do it. Time to and go. So it, you know, it, it was just, it just was the way it was. It was very memorable, though. It's not like that, you know, anymore. I mean, shows are still fun. Like, kids get fucking crazy, but. No, um, that's, and that's good, man. I, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and fucking shit on kids for no. not beating each other's fucking heads in because. Bro, if you had to grow up the way that I grew up, 
it, it, it just, it, it ain't right, man. I had to move out here to get my shit together. Like by 2008, I was ready to fucking kill myself. Like, and that's just real. Like I was going nowhere. Here I am, Captain fucking Straight Edge, lost my job. I'm homeless. I'm fucking couch surfing. I'm sleeping in Walmart parking lots in my truck. Like, I had beef with everybody. I had to watch my back all the fucking time. I had to stay strapped up constantly. I was, because we were in, we were in more shit than just fucking hardcore shit. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, I know you want to touch on it. Like crew shit is crew shit. So, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll say for me, uh, I, I treated it more like a gang than a lot of kids did. And, and I'm, a, you know what I mean? I grew up around gangbangers. So that's how, that's how I knew how to act. So, I mean, from a young age, like, I, you know, there was, there was a young folk gang that was around me that I used to hang out with because man, I was getting abused left and right by older people, by fucking, by kids, by, by everything. So it was the only thing that ever made me feel safe, man. My parents didn't take care of me. So the only love that I knew in life was, was gang love was these kids in, that were like, Hey man, like do this and, and we love you. So that's, that's what I grew up with. And then by the time, you know, coming up with spit and that, like I made those guys, like I've, I've just been de facto trying to fill in a spot in my life with, with love that wasn't real. And uh, not, not to mean that like, I don't have good friends and like my friends don't love me and don't take care of me, but like, dude, those spit kids weren't into what I was into. Like they weren't gonna, they weren't, they weren't trying to do gang shit. And like, so, you know, by 97, I made my own crew because I was like, man, fuck this. Like I, I heard about courage crew in 96 and was just like, yo, a straight edge gang. That's the coolest shit I've ever heard. Like, I want to do that. So I started this thing called the FTC. So we started going to shows and going to Detroit shows as a Flint kid was a fucking was, was kind of a, a no, no, like Detroit people didn't like Flint people. And, and to this day, like, you know, like going to St. Andrews hall on club night and stuff like that, they find out you're from Flint, man, there's some beef. It, it was just that way. Like people, people had beef with Flint people. So I, I used to fucking fly it as hard as I could. That's why everybody called me Zach from Flint because anything that came out of my mouth, I would just be like, yeah, I'm from fucking Flint. And so I started this thing called the FTC, which was the Flint town crazies. Uh, there was a few of us. It was me and, you know, probably my best friend at the time, Rodney, uh, Whitey Morgan, <laughs> The fucking country star now. His name was Eric Allen. Shit. We used to, yeah. We, I mean, we, we used to kick it all the time. We lived in, you know, we lived in the same neighborhood. We owned houses in the same neighborhood and shit. Uh, and uh, my friend Brian, we started going to shows. Like, and I would, I would yell Flint Town in between every song, just being obnoxious and just trying to let people know that we're there. And then, you know, once Dave and I started, you know, 
getting gang tattoos on our faces and shit. Like I was going to put Flint on there because I was never going to fucking tuck tail. I was never going to not say I wasn't from there. Cause there was a time, uh, it was like 90, about 98, 97, 98, like shit just kind of died off. Like shows, shows were still going on, but shit just kind of died off a little bit, especially for me. Um, spit broke up. Uh, they started doing some other stuff like slag 13, which was pretty fucking cool. It's like an offbeat band. And then they were kind of doing some emo stuff. Like Kid Brother Collective came out of that, which was a great band. Love those dudes. But like, it wasn't the same thing. And, uh, you know, I was doing the gang shit. I ended up at a media play in Saginaw. And I started a fucking giant fight at a Kid Brother show. And ended up getting fucking hemmed up for a second in a cop car. Damn. Like, I just... I was just, so I've just been, I've just been trying to replace that for a long time, man. And it, it, it's hard. Like I, you know, I'll admit it. Like it's, it's hard to be my friend. It's hard to be, it was hard to be around me. It was hard to, because I'd test you. I'd test you all the time. I would get into shit all the time. It didn't fucking matter, man. We could be at a we could be at a grocery store, and I remember seeing a skinhead at a grocery store, and just fucking getting at it there in the fucking beer aisle because I knew where he was going. You know, like it just it just it didn't matter, man. It just I lived I lived I lived I lived what I talked about, and and that's all I tried to ever do. And like, I wanted to show. I wanted to show the people around me that I was serious and that I, that, that I was a dude that could be counted on for anything, for anything, man, bro. I'll tell you, I've probably, I probably moved Dave more (laughs) from house to house than me and him had been in fights together. And that's a ton. So like (laughs) uh, anytime that guy called, like I would help him out with anything. You know, and like that was one of the things I tried to do. And so, you know, just coming up, you know, the FTC thing and then like everything kind of taking a break. Uh, some younger kids from Flint came back to a tattoo shop that we used to hang out at. And uh, they were kind of I don't know, they were kind, they were kind of messed up a little bit and kind of talking about, man, we went to this show down at the shelter and these guys were. It was some fucking GLHC kids trying to say that fucking Flint kids aren't welcome. And I mean, I knew the original GLHC kids is fucking Chris Holland and those kids. And uh, I hadn't been to a show in I don't know, probably two years. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, what did you do? Like, did you fucking get these guys or what? I was just like, no, man, like it was too many of them. And I was like, well, fuck that. Like, I'm going back. Like we're going back. We went to some converge show and I fucking confronted those guys. Like I've known Chris Holland a long ass time. So, you know, he didn't know who he was talking to. And I don't think he realized that like what that was going to do. So, you know, I confronted those guys and they kind of tried to threaten me with Dave a little bit, which I thought was funny. Cause I was just like, yo, do you even fucking realize that? Like I've known that kid since 95. And, you know, Dave showed up to the show and 
we fucking we we're fucking hugged. Well, I mean, what what the fuck else is it supposed to be, man? I shed blood with this dude, like. And then it's crazy. like you know, sounds like a reunion after a few years. You not like going oh, to shows yeah, and man. shit. I mean, and then you know, then I got involved with Courage Crew. That was already formed so, up here, um, like before you came back. Yeah, or, uh, uh, yeah. Dave got uh, uh, Dave and Dave and Scotty got tags back in man ninety seven or ninety eight. They were they were with Courage Crew then. They were they were going down to Ohio and hanging out with those guys for a little bit, but then like Courage Crew itself wasn't really that organized, so. Like they were, there was a this dude named Benny that was just giving out tags, and I don't, you know, you'd have to get that story from Dave and Scotty. I mean, I I know bits and pieces of it, but uh, I don't know if they got their tags from Benny or not. I don't think they did, but uh, yeah, they got their tags, and then they didn't hear shit from them. Like I got my tags in two thousand like 2000, 2001, Matt was already in the military and uh, I think it was 2000 and uh, yeah, we, I never met any, any courage crew guy from Ohio. We met him at a show. I mean, they came out for an earth crisis show one time in like 97, I want to say. And we're like trying to, they were trying to pit boss it a little bit, trying to act a little tough. And I remember Lenny was wearing a fucking ski mask running around <laughs> fucking drunk and just kicking them in the face. And like, we, we were just fucking running all over those guys and they'd never seen anything like it. So they were, you know, we were outside exchanging numbers and shit after that, but yeah, they courage crew had always, I was kind of like second wave to be honest with you. Like the original guys, like there was only a few of them. There was never many of us. There was, all, you know, there was only like 11 Detroit Courage Crew guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody knew who you guys were, though. X is all over fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we uh, we brought the hip hop to hardcore. Yeah, we had, uh, we're all in tall tees and fucking big chains and doing our thing. I remember that shit. I thought like uh, just like shirts with like the whole fucking chest. It was a giant X, like <laughs> obviously. That's you guys. That's fucking awesome. Especially like one of those I'm um, tyrant like I'm um, fucking promo photos. They were all wearing them, but I think you got that you all had them. Yeah. Like, fucking rolling deep though. <laughs> no, that shit was fun though, man. Like when you guys were around, it was always always a good time. Like show wise, you know, like there's never really any like too much shit. Like it, it all got dealt with fucking pretty quick if there was, you know, because you guys had already handled business before I started showing up. Like. Well, that was, that was kind of the thing, man. It's like, people don't understand that we, I mean, it's like hockey. I mean, if you look at hockey, we use hockey, like back in the day, man, when, when, you know, when teams had goons, like people didn't do dirty shit. So you didn't have a bunch of dirty shit happening around town. Uh, so you, you didn't have dirty shit happening in shows because they knew who they were going to have to deal with. And, and it, it was just kind of that way. We, I mean, we police ourselves. Any place, this is the thing that's, this is what sucked, okay? This is what sucked about, uh, I, my lifestyles, I got kicked out of everywhere. There is not, bro, you talk about Harpo's, like it's like, you know, the craziest place in the world. 
I can tell you straight up, Dave and I got banned from there for life. We're not even allowed in Harpo's. I wasn't even allowed in the fucking parking lot. They would come outside and just tell me, bro, you got to go. Like, you know, because we, because that place is wild. You know what I mean? Like, and, and you've even said it, like, you know, that place is wild, but like, so we get wild. It takes a lot to get banned from Harpo's. That's all I can no, say. And, <laughs> and we got banned a long time ago. And like, fuck that place. Like, I don't want to be there anyways. Like, that place is a fucking mess. Like, a friend of mine got stuck up out there. Be walking around at two in the morning, seeing people oh, yeah. pushing baby carriages around and shit. It's a fucked like, up, fucked up yeah, area. Man, that that dude, that neighborhood's fucking crazy. Like, I don't want to go to fucking shows there. No. But uh I wasn't allowed to anyways. I mean, I wasn't allowed in the machine shop. I got kicked out of the fucking machine shop. I mean That's uh, hometown too. Shit. Oh yeah, man. I even work for those guys. The Zinc brothers are fucking assholes. Fuck them. <laughs> um <laughs> shit, man. Like, whatever, whatever yeah. on that. All, you know, and, and like after all the crew shit, like you know, a lot of those. I think it's good to have like a good group of friends anyway, whether you call it a crew or not. Like, and those were your boys, regardless, right? Like, and it's just good to have well, a. And that's the other thing too is like, uh, you know, we weren't all a bunch of knuckleheads. You know what I mean? And if it, to be honest with you, like you know, I talk shit and like I'm busting John's balls, but like. If I wouldn't have had a lot of those guys around me, bro, I'd be dead. That's a guarantee. Or I'd be in fucking prison. I don't know how I'm not. Yeah. I have you no idea how. Shit. But, like, you know, dudes like Matt and and John and, like, I, you know, uh, and the Flint dudes, you know, because we had some Flint Courage crew guys. And, like, I mean, if it wasn't for the those guys around me, like, I was a fucking unguided missile. Like I, dude, I don't know. I wouldn't be here. That's, that's a guarantee. And, uh, the, I mean, it, it's kind of fucked up, but that's why I went the way I went. Like, that's why I went as crazy as I went half the fucking time, because I knew I had like a base of people that would keep me under control. And I also just wanted to fucking do the best I could for those guys. And sorry to say, but, being obnoxious was the best thing I could do. Like nine times out of 10, all I'm trying to do is make people laugh. I mean, my sense of humor is a little fucking different than a lot of people. So it like, wasn't funny that somebody got hit with the chair. <laughs> that's well, <not> funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's like, all good times. Like you knew what the fuck was going to happen. Anybody who was there at one of those shows, if you didn't know, then, you know, you found out pretty well, fast. And, and that's, you know, Detroit, Detroit had, Detroit had a, a kind of a, a weight about it anyways. So, you know, I can remember probably, you know, probably the best story to kind of set the way that Detroit shows were was uh, not going to name any names. There was a bigger band in town. Uh, very popular hardcore band with a very outspoken singer who uh, decided to be walking around at a show. And uh, at the time, I was uh, I was a little bit newer in Detroit Courage Crew, so I wasn't the heavy hitter at the time. There was another dude ahead of me that I used to follow. And uh, he was having a disagreement with a couple of people. And uh, he was talking to them 
And uh, this singer decided to come up and butt in and put his two cents in and try and be like, you know, hey, come on, man. Like, it's all cool. It's all it's all hardcore. And I remember this dude that I was behind turned around and spit in his face and told him, if you don't shut your fucking mouth, you won't leave here. And that was, I mean, that was Detroit. That was Detroit hardcore. Like, that was that was Detroit in general. Uh, like, mind your fucking business. And 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 that's and that's how we treated it. You know, I hear a lot of people talk, and this is the thing. Like, I'm weird. Like, I I was I was in no bands. Like, I had nothing to fucking promote. I don't have anything to, you know what I mean? Like, this was just our life. This was just what we did. Like, hardcore was. Hardcore wasn't even completely my life. Like straight edge wasn't even completely my life, but like my reputation was my life. So, I mean, this was it. Like, and if you're going to make it, like you make it in the, in the worst fucking spot you can. So, you know, I mean, even when shit got kind of boring, I mean, even when shit kind of settled the fuck down, Dave got a job at fucking St. Andrew's hall working club night. So guess what? I got a job at fucking St. Andrew's hall working club night. Like, and club night is infamous. Bro, I can't tell you how many people I saw die outside that motherfucker. Like, it was crazy. Like, it was, it was, it was wild. It was a wild fucking time. And that's just what we did because it was like, yo, what's the new thing? Because I'm not going to be chasing you around at 16 fucking years old, like trying to prove to you how I'm tough, like that ain't bringing up the reputation that just makes me look like a punk and i wasn't trying to be no punk so yeah well it's interesting that you can admit that you knew you know you just wanted like the reputation that's absolutely that's an ego thing and and well that you recognize it now and like you 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 grow and understand like you know that's all crazy nonsense for the most part you know I'm not even, dude, I'm not even half that anymore. I'm 42 years old. I I got a four-year-old son. I'm a barber. Like, I've been out here, bro, I haven't been in a fight in eight years, eight, nine years. Like, I'm right there with you. I I haven't, you know what I mean? I'm old and grumpy and, like, I get pissed off in traffic. Like, I'm not, uh, you know, it. I hate to make it sound like I'm glorifying what it was because I got to tell you, man, like it was fun, but I also knew that like I was going to die. I knew that like this wasn't going to lead to something well. And I've been in a lot of, you know, I've been in cars that have been shot up, you know, I've been stabbed. I've been fucking, I was in a building that got lit on fire. I, bro, I've survived the fucking, I got hit by a car one time by a bunch of, by a bunch of dudes that didn't want to get out and fight. They just decided they were going to try and kill me with a car. Like in the middle of a fucking neighborhood that I shouldn't have been in fucking with a hockey temper, trying to fucking show my nuts, man, trying to, trying to be Barney badass and bro by, by the grace of something, I don't know what the fuck it was, but I survived. I don't know how I did it. Uh, but I did, yeah, <laughs> but I did, thing, man. Uh, you know, now, yeah, you know, I can look at it now and say that. Like when I left, when I, you know, and John can attest for this, man, because uh, I talked to John like right before I left. I was at a sleeping giant show and uh, 
man, I was in a bad place. I was in a real bad place. And I, and I pulled John aside and I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm like, I'm not, I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. If I don't get the fuck out of here, I'm just going to blow my brains out. Like I'm done. I can't, uh, I can't do this anymore. It just like, I was, I was to the, I was to the end, man. And I hadn't, I didn't have enough balls to, to ask anybody for help. Like, I got in all this crew shit and, and, you know, I got the shit tattooed on my face and, but uh, bro, I, I didn't have enough balls to ask people for help. Like I just sleep, I just sleep in my truck because I was just, I was, was miserable. I was a miserable fucking human being. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say that fucking hardcore saved my life because I don't believe that fucking hardcore saved my life because whatever. But being meeting the people that I did out here in Salt Lake, I mean, it was it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Like next to my son, you know, before my son being born, like they saved my life. And you know, these are you know the the guys that I met out here were you know supposed to be like the crazy psychos and and and, and you know the wild dudes out here, they're the sweetest fucking human beings and like opened their house to me and like took me in on holidays <coughs> and shit and opened their families to me and opened their houses, gave me a place to fucking live, you know, found me jobs and shit. Like it saved my fucking life, man. That shit was tough. It gave me the opportunity to grow. You know, I'm in fucking, you know, I got therapy. Like I'm in a different place now. And it's, it's great. You know, I don't, I don't miss hardcore. <laughs> I don't miss, I don't miss throwing chairs at people. And I don't miss, I don't miss being the fucking hardcore boogeyman. I don't miss, I don't miss crossing paths with people and knowing that they're not, you know, that we're not good. And God knows what the fuck could happen tonight. Cause there's a lot, dude, there's a lot of those people, you know, and it's all, it's a lot of big people. You know, I, Dave, Dave was, and this is going to, you know, this is going to sound fucking crazy, but Dave was a lot friendlier than, than I was most of the time. Dave had a lot of friends, man. Dave, Dave, Dave kept me even keeled most of the fucking time. Like he would chill shit out and he would tell me I needed to shut the fuck up and chill out and, and you know, and go the fuck outside and like, no, we're not doing that. Or what the fuck is wrong with you sometimes? Like Dave would, Dave would turn it on a dime because he knew that I was just, I was just trying to show out and, and, and would get into shit with people just to get into shit. And, uh, you know, he, it, it would blow people's fucking minds to hear our conversations these days. Cause like Dave and I have come so fucking far and like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Cause yeah. a lot of people got a lot of fucking weird shit to say, but like, you know, Dave and I are closer than we've ever been. And if I ever needed anything, I could hit that dude up. Uh, you know, when, when I had my son, like he was one of the first people I called. It's, uh, we've been through a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. Yeah. And that is, it, that is uh, crazy though. And, but, but like, you know, you'd mentioned like the um, therapy and even, you know, before that, are you making the choice and like, just to get the fuck out of the environment you were in was like, 
what could have saved your life uh ultimately you know if you didn't do that yeah. who the fuck knows and uh how did you decide what does like i'm gonna go to fucking salt lake city like is there a family out there or? well so uh there with with courage crew being a national crew you you meet people all over the place okay so, so, so you're still in involved yeah no 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 okay. i was i didn't i didn't give up my tags till 2010 so i uh i met i met some guys from california i met uh like uh, Death Star and uh, weird, weird fucking Christian kids, like super uber, like pray on you, heal you Christian kids. And uh, man, I don't know if it was just because I look like a fucking charity case or what, but they fucking like me. And, uh, you know, I would talk to those dudes a lot. And one of the guys in the band is a dude named Tommy Green. And uh, Tommy and I, uh, I met Tommy first time out at one of the Face Down Fests that uh, it was actually Death Star's last show. And, uh, and he's the singer from Sleeping Giant. And uh, just got to talking to him, man. And uh, through him, uh, he, he introduced me to the Fords. And I met Blake and Richard Ford first and uh Blake is uh Blake's a singer from Crow Killer and uh Richard played bass in uh, Aftermath of a Trainwreck Blake played drums in Aftermath so you know we all got our hardcore ties but uh met those guys and just got to talking to them and in 2006 2007 I Tyron ended up playing a show out here so it came out. Uh, I came out a few days before and hung out, and it was absolute chaos. Uh, the show couldn't have gone worse. Uh, I mean, unless there was a gunfight <laughs> and a giant fist fight, it was horrible. Uh, the The groups of people that got together didn't really click together, so things just things were just kind of hairy. And uh, I mean, it was so bad that. Uh, the band Tyrant had taken off. Like Tyrant went and they were kind of doing a little bit of a West Coast tour. When when Tyrant left, uh, I was by myself and I was looking up on MapQuest. That's how fucking long ago this was. Looking up on fucking MapQuest on how to walk to the airport from this dude's house that I was staying at because I figured these guys were just gonna fuck me up. And because I was by myself and like what people don't know about Salt Lake is Salt Lake is the deepest rolling city I've ever seen in my life. There are so many fucking straight edge kids out here. It's insane. There are, it's insane. Uh, and at that time, uh, everybody was still pretty tight. So, uh, I mean, they would have house parties and there would be 60 kids at the house and they were all straight edge kids. Damn. Like it's insane out here. So, I was backed in a, like I was just in the corner the whole night. Uh, I actually backed myself in the kitchen over by the kitchen knives just in case. So I thought, well, at least I could have a little bit of a fighting chance. And uh, 
the crazy thing was, is I ended up, I ended up getting along with them. Like nothing happened. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to let them, you know, treat me like shit or talk shit about my friends and, you know, my family back in Michigan. But I, uh, you know, I got along with those dudes and, and they were, and they were stand up guys. And so then by, by 2009, everything was just so fucking bad. And, uh, I was kind of getting involved in some shit I shouldn't have been getting involved in and at 30 years old. Uh, I was just like, yo, I need to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Richard had become like my best friend on the phone. It was just like, yo, just move out here. So I packed up what I could. Uh, I bought a topper for my truck. It was like 80 bucks. I filled that topper and whatever else I couldn't fucking fill from, uh, the storage unit that I had all my shit sitting in, I just threw it away. And, uh, I moved out here with no job. Uh, no idea what the fuck I was going to do. I was scared to death. I was fucking, dude, I was bawling my eyes out. I didn't know what the fuck to do, man. I was scared to death because I'd never known anything else but Flint. And, uh, and so I just moved out here and it was, it was fucking scary. Scariest fucking dude. I'll tell you straight up, bro. Scariest fucking thing I ever did. And I mean, I've been, I've been in some house parties that ended in some standoffs that were pretty crazy, but this is the scariest fucking thing I ever did, man. Because I was taking my own life in my hands. And instead of doing something negative, I was doing something positive. And that was, bro, that's, that's tough shit to do. Yeah. Especially uh, when, especially where we're from. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Like, you know, like a lot of people don't get out of there, you know, out of Flint. Well, and it's just, bro, I'm the last generation of kid that thought he was going to live in, or, or work at GM, like, and it didn't happen. So, you know, coming out of school, like, I only went to high school because I didn't want to be home because my dad was just beating my ass. So I just went to school because it was, it was peaceful and I could get food. So I would just chill at high school. Uh, but I mean, I graduated with a 1.3. I barely got the fuck out of there. Like I didn't do anything in school. Like I didn't care. I didn't think I was going to college. I never went to college. Like I didn't think I was going to be, I didn't think I was going to be anybody. I thought I was going to be a bum. So, uh, you know, I just got to, I, you know, I just got it popping. I just did what I did, you know, and, and tried to figure it out and to, to walk away. It, it felt like, Man, all these years of me really kind of put myself in front of people in bad situations to walk away from it. It, it really broke my heart, man. And, and I did I did probably the biggest coward move I've ever done in my life, man. I didn't even tell Dave I was leaving. And man, that broke his heart. And I felt bad about that because, dude, we were tight as fuck. But I didn't have the balls to tell him because I knew that if he told me not to go, I wouldn't have gone. But I knew I had to go. And uh, it was tough. It's tough, man. I didn't talk to Dave for fuck. I didn't talk to him for a while. And then all this internal courage crew bullshit happened. I just ended up fucking quitting. I was like, this is dumb. This is fucking stupid. Like, what's the point? Like, I have a bunch of people trying to tell me how to live. I'm fucking homeless. Like, you guys are not helping anybody. So I fucking helped myself. You know, hey, hats off, man. That's 
the biggest thing you you know you could do and knowing the path you were on anyway like we've all like had some decisions to make but i've never had to do anything like that you know mine was fucking minor minor decisions compared to you know knowing you have to move across the country just to fucking save your own life or or you make a better life or fucking just something different than what you were doing regardless so it takes a lot of courage man well you know? it's weird man it's weird it's weird man because like detroit was changing like detroit was changing for the better you know and like going to shows and stuff were getting better like i was a dinosaur i was starting to I was just starting to be, I was starting to be beast. I was starting to be like some old goonie motherfucker wandering around with fucking wearing leopard print, like, you know, looking goofy at shows. Like I didn't want to be that. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom was scary as fuck when we were little, but dude, he got fucking older and it was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And I started to become that. And I didn't want to be that. Like there's no, I, I want to be the old guy at, you know, I, I go to shows now every once in a while out here and uh, I I'm in the back. <laughs> I just stand in the back, man. I'm just chilling out with, with older guys from out here and just talking about, man, I should be at home in bed more than anything. Cause it, yeah. I just, I don't know, man, I got out of the, I got out of there when Detroit was starting to change for the better, Flint was starting to get worse. Uh, the murder rate in Flint in 2008 went through the roof. It was fucking insane. And I was, you know what I mean? I was, I was hanging out with the King kids all the time. Like we were just kicking it all the time. And like, I knew it was getting bad when the only thing that I had to look forward to was going to the gym and our gym closed. So it was just like, man, there's nothing to do in this city, but just, just fucking die. I mean, that's it. I mean, you got an unemployment rate at 39%. And that's people that were looking for fucking jobs that just got laid off. So, I mean, 50% of the city is looking for a job. 75% of the city's underneath the poverty line. Bro, it was it was nasty. It was nasty as fuck out here. Was water and, already and, fucked so up we, then? No. No, the no. water didn't get oh. fucked up till 2012. Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. I knew it was, but, you know, it wasn't, yeah. But the thing is, is the last apartment that I lived in was 125 bucks a month. Uh, gunshots every fucking night. And you couldn't drink the water. The water came out the color of that door behind you. Like, <laughs> it just, it was the nastiest shit in the world. You couldn't even use the fucking bathroom. Like, I pissed out a window. <laughs> like... It was fucking crazy, man. Like, it was, it was nasty as fuck. Like, fuck. and you know, uh, Dave Gunn and those guys were coming up and kind of doing their thing, and like trying to get the King thing going. And those guys were on a path that that I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with anymore. If I was twenty, if I was twenty again, I'd be dead or I'd be in prison. Uh, you know, uh, those dudes went through a lot and I just, I couldn't do it. And I, and I, you know, I'm man enough to admit that it's, I, you know, I see a lot of people try and uh, lie about who they are or what they do or fucking face tattoos, this and that. And bro, I'm, I'm, I'm man enough to admit that I, I got tired. 
I'm just, I got tired of fucking trying to, to do this shit. And, and the Flint beef is crazy because you can get shot anywhere. It's only six square miles. So you run into people that don't like you everywhere. So, man, the deeper fucking Flint beef gets, man, the, the closer you're, you're coming to catching one. It's just that way. So I, I just didn't see anything else to do, you know, and, and it took a lot of coaxing, man. It took a lot of, I tried to go to church. I tried a lot of shit, it, which was funny. Like me trying to go to church. Here I am fucking Captain Straight Edge. And I walk into these places and they're treating me like I'm a fucking junkie trying mm. to give me hot soup and a fucking blanket. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I don't do drugs, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Talking about fucking. No, no, I'm addicted to chaos. I'm not addicted to fucking heroin. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, man, I, I came out here and dude, I met, I met some of the, the, the best people I've ever met and, and they're not, I don't think they knew what they were doing. You know, they're just good people. So, I mean, you know, Richard Ford and, and his older brother, Jack and fucking Jake Miller and those guys like, dude, I owe those guys everything. Shout out to those guys. They, Shit, man. Yeah, those dude, those guys made sure that, you know, I made the transition because it was tough. I didn't know. I didn't know socially how fucked up I was until I came out here. Like I, I couldn't sit still. I had to always be looking at the door. I always had to be fucking sitting towards the door, looking at, you know, cars drive by. I'd stop fucking talking. Everybody was like, yo, you're weird. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like we'd be standing in line for something. And I'd be like, Hey man, back up. Like telling people like they're too close. Get away, man, back up. And they just were like, man, what is with you? And I, I had a bunch of fucking social stigmas that just were really weird that, you know, I didn't realize it, but I found out, you know, it's post-traumatic stress. Yeah. It's, just, it's not weird, though. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just fucking hard. Just hard. You know what you went through <laughs> and how you, you know, lived your life for a long time. Just f- full of chaos. It's almost like like a, like prison or like war, you know, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you go into like, mean, something well, normal, it's like, it's like, this is fucking normal. Like, I'm used to fucked up shit. You know, so I to consider mean, anything else from Salt Lake City to Flint, like that's a different it world. Was, it was a huge transition, man. But it, it, I'll tell you, you know, if you talk to anybody that'll be honest to you, I'm I'm a lot different than I used to be. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to start a bunch of shit, and I'm not trying to live some crazy fucking life, like. I'm just trying to raise a good kid. I'm trying to raise a fucking real human being. And it's, it's hard because the thing you learn when you have kids is the only way to raise a good human being is you have to be one. You have to, you have to show them. You can't tell them. You can't tell a kid shit. You can't tell them anything. You have to, you have to show them. So I got to get up every day and hustle, man. I got to hustle like a motherfucker and, and get up and work my ass off. Cause dude, I don't ever want my kid to, I don't even know if I want him to know most of the shit. I, I want him, I want him to have 
I want him to have my resiliency of just being able to battle through anything. I mean, that's the one thing that you get, like the, pos- the, the positive thing you get from Flint is the only thing we ever competed in is who could live worse. So we, we fucking, we call it living low. Like everything's low. So that's, that's just what we called it all the time. So everything's low. You're low. This is low. This place is low. Uh, so we're just very resilient. So when, you know, when the opportunity comes of, of like, dude, like this pandemic, you know, my, dude, my, my wife is, she's, she, she was nervous, man. She grew up out here and she was nervous. And I was like, babe, I lived through fucking September 11th. I've lived through fucking 2008. Like I've lived through Flint for many years, for up to 30, you know, 30 years of in and out of Flint. Like we can make it. It's, you know, we just got to, just got to bite down and do it. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's all, great. you know, that's all I've ever known. So it's, it's tough, man. Uh, you know, um, I'm in a good place now, which is, is, it's hard to say. It's hard to be positive because, you know, a lot of people saw me as a negative human being doing a lot of negative things. And I, you know, and I love that negativity, but I'm in a good place. Like, I'm not scared to say that either. Like, no, you should be proud. Like, like, <laughs> well, shit you did. it's hard, man, because here's the deal. All right. The reason why it's hard to say I'm in a good place is because I got to admit that I have worth. I have to say that I have good self-worth. Like I didn't grow up with self-esteem. I didn't grow up with negative self-esteem or positive. I grew up to die. My parents didn't raise a normal human being. They didn't raise anything. Like they, they turned me fucking loose and I learned from everybody around me. And I had some positive influences on me, but nobody will ever fucking influence you like your parents did. That shit sticks. You know what I mean? And I was watching my dad fist fight in his fucking sixties. And I don't want to be that asshole. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, You're right though. But oh, I can agree dude, though. My, dude, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I saw my dad fight a guy outside of fucking auto rama in the fucking parking lot in his sixties. So uh, he, I believe it. Like, I mean, I could agree because my dad was the same fucking way. Like he died when he was 50, but like, as I was a younger kid, one of the last games at, uh, uh, tiger stadium, I don't know what year that was, maybe 2000, 2001, 99. So the second to last game, um, and they didn't have no more ice for like for ice and like, and like your drink or whatever. And he almost got in a fist fight with the fucking lady because there was no ice. He's screaming at her, fucking slammed his drink down. Yeah. It was me and my five-year-old cousin. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? So, you know, I was like, not to do that same shit. You know, like, my dad was good overall, but he had a really bad fucking temper. So that yeah. rubbed off on me. No. That's deep inside me, you know, the temper. So, you know, I've done my no. own work on you myself, know, I'm- you know, trying to be better. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here, you know, my old man's dead. I'm not going to sit here and and shit on him. He did what he did, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. uh, can I say he did the best he knew? Maybe, I guess, I don't know. 
my grandfather's dead. I don't know what the fuck he did to him. So, uh, he, he wasn't into me until I got older. Like he tried to, he tried to fucking guide me a little bit when I got older, but dude, by the time I was in my twenties, I was, dude, there was no guiding me. There was, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, this ship had sailed. Like I was, I was doing what I was fucking doing. Uh, you know, my mom was crazy as fuck. My mom's still alive somewhere. I don't know. I haven't talked to her fucking 20 years. And it, she's, she was fucking psychotic. Like she lost her shit. And I get it, man. I'm not, not going to get on here and fucking boohoo me because I had bad parents. But like it, it fucking shines through now being a dad. Like I, I can't understand it. I can't understand how people could do what was done to me. I can't, I can't understand it. And it, you know, it's, it's weird that, you know, we're in a hardcore podcast and we're talking about this, but this is what life is. For sure. This is, this is, you know, I hear people sing a lot of lyrics and wear a lot of shirts and, but do they live that shit? Probably fucking not. Like, I, man, I just, I, I, I grew up the way I grew up and, and I handled things the best way I knew how to, uh, and it ended up me throwing chairs at fucking people and, and, you know, and fucking getting wild and getting thrown out of 90% of the venues. And I mean, Jesus Christ, I couldn't even get in the film more anymore. Like I got thrown out of that nice place. Like I've been, I can't, I do there. I never got thrown out of Joe Louis arena. I never got thrown out of Kobo. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, fuck, well, no good shows that no, I'm playing. <laughs> but, um, like, I was gonna say something, but I fucking forgot. I was, it doesn't matter anyway, man. But just even though all the all your life turmoil, like, your real life turmoil, you finding hardcore, you had some sort of influence on you. Like, I'm sure your life could have been a lot worse if you didn't. You go to hardcore shows, do you think, or like the well, yeah, man. Like the brotherhood I mean, you had there, you know, because you could be in real deep, deep fucking gang shit if you weren't at shows, right? Like shooting people, one hundred percent. And uh, bro, I'll be honest with you, like, I mean, we talk about Detroit and that, but like, Spit had a huge influence on me, and like, you know, Wes Keeley, who was the drummer, uh, he ended up playing drums for Earth Mover, and then he was the original drummer for Walls of Jericho. Okay. And that was the dude, that that was the first dude to ever even tell me what straight edge was. I didn't know what that shit was. I didn't know what fucking minor threat was. I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like I was into I was into skate punk shit and and you know the dead Kennedys and stuff like that. Like I didn't give a shit about that stuff. Uh and like Dan, you know, Dan Coburn had a huge influence on me. Man, I looked up to these guys, like, and and they were it was kind of crazy. Cause like they were nice to me, you know, and there wasn't a lot of people in my life that were nice to me. So like, sorry to say, I'm like, I'm like a fucking gutter dog. You give me a little bit of food, you know, I won't go away. So I kept fucking hanging around. But the problem is, is like, I don't know how to act socially. I didn't, I bite people. <laughs> like I just, I just didn't know how to act. And like, I would take, 
any slight of disrespect as a fucking reason to, to punch your fucking teeth out. Like, I just would. Uh, and it got that way, you know, it, uh, it, and it just, it all continued with Courage Crew. Like, I bought into Courage Crew 100% because I was like, yo, this is my giant family. And this is my chance to show the world, like, that, that I fucking love these guys and I'll, I'll die for them. And, and, you know, we got into some, got into some national stuff and, uh, with some other letters, you know, some other letter crews that whatever, you know, uh, uh, but you know, the thing is too, is like, you're talking about the crew stuff. Like I knew Joe hardcore, that guy was cool as fuck. Like he'd come around. I knew him when he was in FSU, like we didn't have beef like that. Uh, knew a lot of the East coast, like a few of the, you know, I'll, I wouldn't say a lot, but I know a few of the FSU guys, like some of the Boston guys and that, like uh, those guys were always cool. Uh, I'm not a big fan of fucking California. I'll just put it like that. I'm not going to say whether it's crew stuff or not. I'm not a fan. Uh, and they're not a fan of me and we tolerate each other as much as we can because we also know that if, you know, if shit pops off, it's going to be a fucking national war. Uh, there's a four letter crew that I, I, I don't give, I don't, I don't care about like those guys are, those guys came around when shit was not popping off anymore. Like those guys were trying to fight courage crew guys that were 15 years older than them and weren't fighting anymore. So that's a joke. And to see like crews popping up in Cal, you know, in, in Detroit now, like it's a joke, dude, that's corny. That's corny shit, man. What, where were you when, when shit was popping off? Where were you when you, you know, you should have been representing your stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I, dude, I've had friends in, in every crew. I, you know, I got friends in DMS. Like, you know, we, real people recognize real people. And like this, this, dude, this corny fake shit now is weird. It's just weird, man. Like there was a, I had a, a I got a younger kid out here sent me uh, something that he had hacked off of some other guy's phone of a code of conduct. Like they actually wrote out a code of conduct, like how to be a real person. That's cute. And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like it's, you got to take martial arts and be a good dude and fight when your friends fight. Like, dude, this is shit that was unspoken. If you weren't that, you weren't hanging around. Like, when did it get to the point where you have to write it down to be a good dude? Dude, yeah. you think, like that's the thing, man. Like I don't get people trying to be violent. I don't understand. Like you're either violent or you're not. Like if it's not in you, don't be. Dude, you think John was fighting at shows? You ever seen John fight at a fucking show? No. Like I love John. John like yeah. John. John wasn't fighting at no fucking shows. I saw John punch one guy, one time, and it was warranted. It was very warranted. And to be honest with you, you should have done a lot worse, but it was John, you know, John's got to keep them hands. Got to keep them hands clean. The chiropractor <laughs> got to pop them, pop them bones. Just talking shit. Shit. John, we love you. <laughs> we love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, guy. No, you know, I, I fuck with him just cause you know, I know he was on here, but man, a lot of those guys dude, like, you know, people would fight at shows, but they didn't need to. I didn't need a bunch of people fighting around me. I'd fight. Dave and I didn't need people to fucking fight our fights. We fought them just fine. 
just fine. We did just fine. We just wanted good dudes around us. Like, that's all I ever wanted. I just want to stand up people around me. I don't understand people in their fucking crew life bullshit and trying to look tough and man, fuck all that. Like yeah. you're never going to do it. If, if you got to fucking, if you got to prop it up like that, you got to put it on t-shirts and shit. It ain't you just let it be. Yeah. That's some like, you know, the young minded, like egotistical shit that, you know, like growing up today, you, anybody else who you mentioned, like they all, they all know, like, it's like, what am I doing that for? Or what was I doing that for? And if you're still 40, 50 years old, like doing that, like, come on now, you know, bro, I'll tell you this right now. You want to do something hard. You want to do the hardest thing in the world. You want to be the toughest motherfucker in the world. Be a good human being. You know how hard it is to be a good fucking human being, a real good human being, like a dude that, that says something and will stand by it. Like, Man, fuck, like, fuck having hope, man. Be fucking hope. Being fucking hope is hard as fuck. Being something somebody can look up to is hard as fuck. Being a pile of shit from Flint was fucking easy. All I had to do was walk out the door. <laughs> All I had to do was walk out the door, dog, and there was something to get into. Like, yeah. I didn't have to look for it. You know, and dude, there's a lot of fucking people that treated me like shit back in the day. And like, I don't see those guys doing anything good. I don't see those guys trying to help anybody out. I saw, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of big guys in hardcore that I've seen talk a lot of shit, but don't do nothing for nobody. What, help out fucking hardcore? Fuck hardcore. Why not help the fucking world? Help your neighborhood. How about that? How about that shit? Help your neighbor. Help your friends. Fuck hardcore. Hardcore's, dude, dude, I, man, hardcore's whatever. It's music, dog. It's not even a lifestyle anymore. It's just fucking, it's just music, man. It's just, it's a fun place for kids to get together, collect fucking records, and have cool t-shirts. Like, and it's, it's a reminiscent of what it is, man. Hardcore now is what fucking... Dude, when we used to see crust punks walking around in the 90s, we were like, dude, this is a fucking time warp. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even in like the earlier 2000s, like 2004, 2005, like there's nothing for me to fight for. Like all that shit was already taken care of. Like in the early 90s and shit for you guys. Like, and I mean, that's I the thing is you were, building- I wasn't trying to prove myself, but I thought I no. had something to prove, you know? No. And you were getting fucked up and fighting outside. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you were acting like yeah, an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just yo, a knucklehead. Dude, you know, there's nothing hey, to fight for. That's fine, man. You're making yeah. your bones. You're doing your thing, but you were building your community. No. You know what I mean? But you're this right. is the thing is like your community was already built for you. You got to come to hardcore. Like it was there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I just had to pay for yeah. it and I was allowed in. Yeah. Dude, you just had to all you had to do was get online and see that there was a show. You know, and that's cool. Like I'm you know, I'm not trying to play it down, but it's like, dude, you can be you can be anything. You can get up every day now and be anything. You can you can do anything. And it's great. Like, you could be a fucking crust punk kid tomorrow. You could be a hardcore kid. Yo, you could give a shit that fucking, you know, uh, who was it? Daft Punk broke up. You could give a shit about all that stuff. You could do anything. Like, and, and it's fucking rad. Uh, in 90, you know what I mean? In 95, we got behind a militant movement 
a fucking straight edge that was basically our proving ground and we proved ourselves and it was you know it's bro it's even weird for me to still see earth crisis fucking playing shows like what the fuck man like i get it like everybody's doing reunion shows and that's cool but you know it, it those aren't the reunion shows i want to see i'd rather see fucking strong arm play a goddamn reunion show or fucking coalesce I don't want to see Earth Crisis again. I don't need to see Fat Carl. I don't need to see that shit, man. Like, I always said vegans can't be fat. (laughs) Vegans can't be fat. Hey, yo, I'll tell you, like my, you know, and and this is the oldest, the oldest bullshit joke in the world: is straight edge kids and us talking shit on vegans. And I'm not going to talk shit on vegans, but the first vegan I ever met was a dude from from detroit and he was a fat kid and his name was vegan phil and we always asked him how the fuck can you be vegan but eat the whole and, farm yeah <laughs> but but no i talk see that's what i that's what i do man i talk shit. Ah, come on no the busting balls you're still allowed to do that i, talk, I yeah. talk shit i can't help it but uh yeah man i mean that's the thing i love this stuff but like you know, the, one of the things I could tell you that uh, I really like about this podcast is you've stumbled into some shit that I don't think you ever thought you would. And, and that's real. That's real conversations. You know, uh, bro, I'll tell you straight up. Like, I broke down crying when Jeff G was talking. Because, I mean, that guy's gone through hell. I couldn't imagine losing a kid. Fuck no, You dude. know what I'm saying? Or like. Yeah listening to fucking Lenny talk about because bro I knew Lenny when Lenny was Lenny was the strongest frontman I ever saw in my life like that man got us so fired up that it, it, it was dude he was an explosion on stage and it was great and like to hear him now talk about like going over to war and 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 going through the shit he had to go through and now, you know, trying to fight to, to be better is, is fucking amazing. And like, and I know you're going to have a lot of podcasts where you just talk to people about bands and, and that shit's cool. And, and I really appreciate that. Like you even had me on because I don't have no fucking band. I ain't nobody. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm a dad and a barber. That's all I am. And I'm trying to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. Two divorces later, I'm trying to be a, a decent partner. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh uh I think you stumbled onto something, man. And uh I think if you know how to navigate this, you figure out how to navigate this, man, you're gonna you're gonna have some conversations that are that are pretty fucking crazy, that are deep, uh yeah. meaningful. Uh because you know, I'm an oddity. Uh, you're not going to meet a lot of people in life that have risked everything to live what they believe. You know, you'll meet a lot of people in life that, that maneuver and, and, and try and work their way through life. The, the easiest way they can, the, the path of least resistance, you know, and kind of dip their toe here and there, man, I didn't dip my toe, man. I jumped straight in and, you know, like I said before, like I, I was not an easy person to be around. 
but I also tested every friend I had to the point where like, I only had the kind of people around me that I wanted. And like, that's the way it is now. I test, I still test my friends to this day, but it's not with violence. It's with truth, man. Like, like if you want to be better then let's be fucking better. Like if you want to do good things, then let's do fucking good things. Like I won't have people around me now that I don't want around my son. Like I don't, I don't, I don't sell myself, you know, and I never did. I never sold myself short. And I, you know, (laughs) I'll tell you by the end of the nineties, like I was an unpopular person. Like, I was hated by most of the big bands in Detroit. Uh, you know, Walls of Jericho was coming up. Candace fucking hates my ass. Fucking Mike Hasty hates my ass. Like, all these motherfuckers hate me. Because their idea of hardcore was not my idea. I had a different idea of it. And fucking shows up and getting fucking wild was, was what we did. And that's that was my idea of it. And they didn't like that shit. And... You know, but I wasn't going to change it. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how many fucking tours you've gone on. I don't give a shit. You're going to be a fucking, you know, if you're going to be a real dude and a real person to me, cool. If not, fuck it. Like, it it is what it is, man. You know, Uh, not, you know, not talking shit on anybody, but yeah. Like, I've seen seen a lot of people run their mouths, but I, I, you know, I didn't see a lot of doers. And, and, and that's all I'm trying to be, man. I'm trying to take, I'm trying to take that spirit of what drove me to be who I was, to be who I am now. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Cause you know, just like through, I don't know you personally. I've never talked to you a day in my life till today. Like I've known who yeah. you are, you know, friends of friends and you know, whatever, seen you around the past fucking 17 years until you moved away. Um, yeah. But like, just from like, Instagram and social media, like you stumble upon people's shit and just see like holy shit, like I was like, fuck, you're in Salt Lake, you're doing good, you're a barber, you have a kid. Like it's like something switched from the uh, perception I had of you. No, you absolutely. Know, but, but still just knowing everything that you've been through, uh I just like being in like a hardcore show in the same room and like you having such like a, a big personality in and thought you had something to prove and now you know you never had nothing to prove but like well it's just a i don't sound cheesy but it's a good story of growing up you know (laughs) you know i didn't know that i didn't know that until i got until i got out here man i didn't i didn't know that i uh because you know growing up growing up where i grew up we don't know much about each other because what's the point you know what I mean? You're either going to go away for a while or you're going to end up dead. So like, I'll tell you this, man, like Dave Gunn is one of the tightest people to me. And I love that man. And I've, I, you know, and that man stays in my house and he has held my child and he is, you know, he's one of the closest fucking human beings to me. I never asked that motherfucker his past until I lived out here because why? We we're both in shit. Like we're going to tell each other, Hey, we were abused. Yeah. No shit. Me too. Motherfucker. Like let's get on with it. And like, until we got to be on a level where we could be real with each other, like 
You just, you just didn't know. And I didn't know, man. Uh, Gunn is one of the people that's given me a lot of uh, courage to even come out and do, you know, even do something like this because, you know, he catches a lot of shit and people like to say that, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of stuff that those guys say isn't real, but man, I can tell you straight the fuck up. Like, you know, the, the truth of a lot of those stories might be switched up a little bit just because we're not trying to get anybody hemmed up on some shit, but man, I was around for some of that shit. So it, it is what it is, man. And, and those well, guys those are, who know, no, you know, like they got nothing to prove. So no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, but, uh, just him being able to come out and like stand on his own two feet in front of people and, and, and tell his truth, man. You know, the old lady was talking to me last night. She was nervous. She was nervous about me doing this because she just wants to protect me. For sure. You know, and people are going to say shit. I'm sure, I'm sure some people will say shit and that's fine because the way I look at it now is like, as you know, I mean, you thought I was six, four. I was not a hard motherfucker to find. I was never hard to find. You don't meet a lot of giant fucking assholes with Flint tattooed on their face. You just don't. I was easy to fucking find. I've always been easy to find. And if they had a fucking problem, they should have fucking took it up with me then. Because <laughs> now if they want to take it up on fucking Instagram, that's some fucking pussy shit. I'm not trying to fucking, I'm not trying to hear some bullshit. And I hope, I hope some people reach out that I haven't talked to in a long time. You know, I feel bad uh, that I couldn't have been there for like your generation. And, you know, I talked to, you know, Edgeman and, and some of those guys and like some of these, you know, these record labels that are coming up out there, man. I wish, I wish now, uh, in the way that I am, I wish I could have been a little bit more of an influence to you guys and, and been able to kind of maybe scare you guys straight a little bit and, and get into, uh, get into kind of where my head's at now. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to do that out here as much as I can, man. Yeah. It's be a better, you know, influence. And if anybody even fucking listens to this, anybody from, you know, the, Detroit hardcore, like younger kids. I don't know. There's a lot of fucking older, older people checking this out. It seems more than another younger people, which is fine, which is great. But you know, this can just go to show that you know, whatever you're trying to prove now, it's not fucking. You know, you don't have to like no. just be yourself, and you know, hopefully learn a lesson sooner than later and <laughs> grow up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth, man. But like you know, there's other people with with hard lives as well who are going through it fucking now. You know, and they don't know where to yeah. turn and. You know, no, I knew I knew your homeboy that died. Danny, yeah. Uh, yeah, he used to come around uh Chris Zummerfeld's spot. Oh, the static age. Yeah. And uh man, he was a funny kid because he was uh dude, he was like <laughs> he he was like the only kid that was younger that was that like was on a level. Uh, when he was, you know, when he was straight edge and stuff, I remember we were standing at the door and there was these, uh, there was these two kids standing outside that were arguing about their fucking Xbox live accounts. And, uh, he's standing there and he looked at me and he goes, I can't even afford a fucking Xbox. These two crust punks are talking this shit. And I was just like, <laughs> I just fucking laughing my ass off, man. Sounds like, like him. 
Yeah, he was fucking loud mouth. <laughs> oh, dude, he was like, he was trouble. He was fucking trouble. And yeah. and like, I talked to him every once in a while. Uh, like I said, it's static age because, you know, he was one of those kids that Chris would throw out and be like, no, nah, man, you can come back next week. And he would just be like, fuck, man, come on. Like, I ain't got nothing else to do. And uh, it'd be, <laughs> and then I'd just be out there kicking shit to him, you know, just trying to get him, trying to get him on the straight and narrow, man. And that's too bad to hear that he died. But, yeah. you know, that's, it's, bro, it's, he moved it's quick, the paths man. we choose, man. It's, yeah. It's, well, it's crazy because I don't hear what, like, what John said. He was talking about, like, he wanted that uh, tyrant tank on his throat. Yeah. That's what he wanted to get. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't know how soon it was after that. Like he, I mean, let's be honest. Like he, he broke edge. I think in like uh, 2007, and he just fucking moved quick. A lot of people, including myself, were like, "Finally, we can fucking party with you." Like he was always at the parties, but he was never drinking and shit. But a lot of people took it as, as a good thing that you know he was indulging in substances and you know, getting fucked up. And he was still, I think, 18 or 19 then, and you know, we were all a little bit older than him, and we loved it. Like. And, and because his mom, she overdosed, his brother fucking overdosed all before he yeah. was like 18 years old, man. And you know, he was doing yeah. the right thing and everybody was just like happy. Like, finally, Danny, you can get fucked up with us now. Yeah. And, you know, it just, and it's not necessarily that like they were like shoving shit down his throat. Like he made his own choices, but that influence was <laughs> a bad influence. No. And me no, being there and right next to him, you know, so. No. And that's the problem, man. When you're looking up to your peers, like you, you're not thinking ahead. You're just you're thinking about now. Yeah, you know. And yeah, and seeing you smash people is like, well, like shit. We want to smash people too. You, you know, no, like, that man. wasn't a good influence. No, no. <laughs> you're violent as fuck. <laughs> no, man. And I get it. Like, that's fun, but hey. No, no, I get it. It. Uh, no, it's it's too bad, man. There's a lot of people that. Uh, you know, there was there was a dude out here that got shot at a show, got shot and killed. And Damn, it's kind of the same thing, man. But you know, being you know, he looked up to the older dudes out here and just wanted to be one of those guys and just like wouldn't let shit fucking wouldn't let shit go and cross the wrong kid. And this kid got froggy one night and just fucking shot him, and it over pit beef, over pit beef, man. Yeah. And, crazy shit. <laughs> it was like it, it sucks man he had a brand new kid and like and and i was dude i was talking shit to him before it even happened i was like you should be at home with your fucking kid said stupid hardcore fucking shows your band sucks <laughs> and he was just like he was like i know man i should be at fucking home I know. Yeah. and uh but uh it it just it's just kind of the way it goes man you know i uh We've all been around a lot of deaths, especially in that state. You know, my brother was a junkie. Uh, my oldest brother, he uh, and he was in and out of prison most of his life. He uh, he was a wild kid, man. He tried to kill my mom. We didn't have the same mom. Tried to kill my mom over some shit, uh, and ended up fucking ODing. Uh, was dude was robbing fucking Rite Aids with one arm, like fuck. Man. He lost an arm, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Stealing a motorcycle one night and he dumped it, getting chased by the cops and uh killed his arm. And uh wow. yeah, he got he got hooked on 
he got hooked on Vicodin like crazy. So he was robbing Vicodins and they, they pulled him over and I think it was Wisconsin. It was either Wisconsin or Minnesota. And uh, he had like 130 bottles in his car. None of them had his name on. And uh, he was getting ready to go up again. This time it was going to be a long bid. Uh, he had just done a federal bid on some uh, on some wire fraud shit. And uh, he didn't show up to court and we didn't know where he was. And they found him three days later in a fucking motel. And, uh, dude, I mean, that's, that's just not the life you want to live, man. My dad was actually happy. They found him dead because he was like, at least I know where your brother is. And that's fucked. That's fucked dog. It is. <laughs> like that's, such it, a, and that's by your own fucking kid, you know? Yeah. Your own kid. Like, that's not, bro. That's, I don't want anything to do with any of that life. No, <laughs> like, be good influence. My, my kid's not going, my kid's not going to hardcore shows. How about that? My kid's gonna, my kid's gonna like fucking Taylor Swift. How about that? <laughs> hey, like, keep it safe. <laughs> safe little you know white boy. <laughs> he's just gonna, yeah, he's just gonna be a Wonder Bread kid out here doing Wonder yeah. Bread things. Yeah, like I, mean, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah I'm f- totally cool. With him. My son's 13, man. Like he just chills, f- plays Call of Duty, talks to his friends online. You know, it's whole pandemic shit. Like normally they come over or whatever, but yeah. um, you know, like. At 13 and 14, you know, I was out doing stupid shit then. And I'm just, I know where he is. He's chilling at home. Like, all right, that's cool. Like, he's oh. got friends. He does social shit, but man, you know, thank but, you for, for sticking around. I hope he does, man. You know, I'm going to be a positive. Yeah. I'm going to try to. Like, bro, that's all you can do, man. And like I said, you just got to, you got to be, you got to be the influence. You got to be the person. If you want him to be good, man, you got to be good. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's just that way. Like, it's good to see Lenny's got a kid and is like way into it. I love that shit. Uh, Cause being a dad's the best thing that ever happened to me, man. You know, I could sit here and say that like straight edge was the best thing that ever happened to me, dude, to be honest with you, like straight edge is the easiest fucking thing I do in life. Like it's literally not doing anything. <laughs> It's the boringest yeah. shit in the world. Like, it, it, uh, at this at this point in time, being middle aged and still being straight edge, why would I sell out now? It's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? Like, I don't want to spend money on anything. I'm not gonna go get fucked up. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Like, that's all I do, anyways. So, yeah, like, how about a big bag of mushrooms? Big fucking seven yeah, grams. Jesus <laughs> Just what I need. See some shit, bro. <laughs> Start fucking hit a DMT trip and then end up in the pen. <laughs> I wouldn't, bro. I wouldn't want to open the doors in here. I've opened enough of them. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, no, you recognize it yourself. It's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Shit. So now you're just doing the old fucking boring dad thing out there in fucking Utah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just cutting yeah. hair, man. So it's like a hair. suburb, or is it like is it like like yeah. normal or? No, man, I live in the suburbs, dude. I live 30 minutes outside of town, and uh, I live in the suburbs. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the fucking, it's, it's, it's the most easy living mayo white area you've ever seen in your life, man. Like bland food, and <laughs> no flavor, fucking people with their blue lives matter flags. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they like cops because they know they're never gonna get in trouble. 
And, that's uh, how I imagine it. Like, uh, I was wondering, yeah. is there like a hood there, like at all? Like, is there well, any, like, here's little, the thing, it's low like, income a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some lower income neighborhoods because like the Hispanic population out here is uh is is pretty good. Like, to be honest with you, like the Hispanic food out here is the Mexican food is amazing, and like, so you know, there's some there's some gangs, and there's there's a little there's a little bit of shit to get into. Uh, you know, straight edge out here in the 90s was fucking insane. I mean, it was considered a federal gang out here. They got wild with it. In fact, I got pulled over over here and with my tattoos, I got put on uh, a city watch list. I'm on a gang, I'm in, I'm in the gang book oh, just, for, just for having the tattoos. It's crazy. Uh, the 90s out here were nuts. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, Old Kearns, Old Kearns is like bikers and and like, you know, engine blocks hanging from trees and like that oh, yeah. kind of shit, like Burton shit. Uh, you know, whereas like, you know, you can go over here in West Valley. Uh, but to be honest with you, this city is blowing up right now. Like, you can't get a you can't get a house downtown for under six hundred thousand. Damn, it's, bro, it's insane. Like, I'm around people that are millionaires, and it's weird. It's fucking weird yo they've got cardio fucking theaters in their gyms it's just these giant theaters with fucking cardio equipment fucking white people huh <laughs> it's white people shit dog. <laughs> yeah. it's a white people shit and they do they hey they, they say white people don't have culture they got culture i've seen it it's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious but yeah. uh yeah man it's good out here it's quiet yeah. it's peaceful any raccoons? Uh, I know you like raccoons. Man, I love fucking raccoons, dude. Raccoons I know, I see are the greatest animals to live, dog. They're survivors. <laughs> they are. They're are the, bad motherfuckers. The nastiest motherfuckers alive, dude. You can't kill a raccoon. Raccoon will kill you. <laughs> Eat you. I know. I see your post. <laughs> Every day is a different picture of a fucking raccoon on your story. That's because I love them, dog. I love them. Everybody likes lions and tigers and all that crazy shit, but I'll take a raccoon any day. I got a shark. I'm my, the, I got a shark. Hey, I'm <laughs> you know, nice you know. man. Well, <laughs> fucking, you know, happy you're doing well, man. That's that's all you can ask for after all, all, all the chaos. Whether you look at it as like a caricature of like the hardcore days of you stomping around, you know, acting fucking crazy, but you know, we come to it find was out a pressure it valve. It yeah, was just me yeah. fucking. It was just me letting out, and mm -hmm. you know, it was a part of my life. And it's still a part of my life. Like, for sure, I can sit here and fuck hard, you know, fuck hardcore and fuck this and fuck that, fuck straight edge, like, whatever. Like, it was a part of my life, man, and it was a big part of my life. And I met a lot of people through it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, like I said, my fun isn't everybody's fun, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I don't regret anything I did. I don't regret anybody I've met. I don't regret anything I've said. I live, I live my truth every day, man. And I, I try to be as honest and truthful as I can, even if it makes me look like a fucking idiot. Like, I'm just trying to be honest, dog. I'm just That's trying. Great, man. I don't want to, I don't want to live. I don't want to live two or three different lives at a time, man. I had to live a lot of lives at the same time, trying to keep girls and trying to, trying to stay in the streets and trying to, trying to do crew shit, trying to do gang shit, trying man, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm Zach now. I'm not fucking Flint face. I'm not fucking Zach from Flint. 
I'm fucking, I'm Zach. I'm just Zach. I'm just me. I'm just. I remember that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just, no, nah, that's fine, man. Like, you don't know. And that's not, you know, but like people out here don't even know who Flint Face is. They sit down and they're, they're, they're lucky scared them. Fucking... <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 100, man. I tell people that all the time, man. If you would have known me then, you would have fucking hated me. So <laughs> I always but found hey, it entertaining, man. but yeah. you know, we all hey, uh, thanks. Yeah, well, for thanks, sure, man. Thanks, thanks thank for you. The opportunity. A good opportunity and a good uh, conversation where we, we, you know, we, we can recognize our growth and fucking yeah, be better. People, I ramble. So. No, it's all good, man. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Um, I'll put this up probably in a couple weeks, just so you know. I'll let you know. Okay, Rob. Yeah, right. let me know, man. And if there's fucking uh, there's anything you need from me or anything like that, or something comes up, you want to bullshit again? I don't give a fuck. Anytime, like, man. It's fucking great. We can talk more shit. <laughs> absolutely, dog. All right, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, sorry for whatever comes your way. <laughs> no, there ain't nothing coming my way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Alrighty, man. Thank All you. Right. See ya.